Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Washington Business Award and International Business Globe Awards winning marketing agency founder, Michael James. He's also owner and founder of Noggin Finance Consumer and Commercial Financing, giving loans of up to $5 billion, that's a B, billion dollars. In a simple, streamlined process, super friendly to business owners and entrepreneurs. So, I've asked Michael to join us today to talk about growing a successful company, plus how to navigate the world of getting your projects funded. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Daryl. Thank you so yeah. much for having me, and I'm a pleasure to be a guest today. Hopefully, we yeah. can talk about some fun topics for you. Yeah, we've already been having fun before we hit record, but it was a little for bit sure. off topic. We were talking about reindeers and mushrooms and 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 life. Joe Rogan awesome. rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, we went down some some crazy... Crazy rabbit holes, but all all good. And we both one of the things that I really appreciate about Michael is like even everything he's doing, he always he's always try, actually trying to give back. So we I mentioned the loans, percentage of all the loans is actually goes towards is this a specific nonprofit or it just goes So we we do have a list that we've pre-vetted. And then we also with our referral partners, if they bring us a vetted charity or nonprofit, we also support those entities as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. So now, before we get into, you know, marketing and finance and all that stuff, how, how did you get started? Like, do you, were your parents entrepreneurs? Do you come from an entrepreneurial family? It's actually a kind of an entertaining background story. So it starts basically from childhood and being a very inquisitive child from say kindergarten up to about 13, like, you know, you know, teenage years. And, you know, this, Daryl, this is before Google and Facebook and, you know, these, these smartphones that we all carry around and we can run the world from nowadays. But back then I was an inquisitive little kid. I was like a curious George. And I was like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I, I got a question. I got another, I got another, I got another. And there was no Google to go search this. There was libraries, there was books to read and my parents to go bother. And so they said, Michael, you got a question? Go use your noggin. So that was a hilarious joke in the family for quite a while. And then after college, I, I kind of went around and asked a lot more questions and I figured out, oh, there's this entertaining offer for creating a marketing agency that's kind of an ecosystem for offering websites, the ranking of those websites with SEO. And then going and fishing for customers and clients through social media, tracking it through analytics. And then once you've got the system down, I'd recommend doing some advertising. And so I started a marketing agency at 25. I was six months out of college. I was a marketing and communications minor major and stayed a little bit longer to do the economics and kind of learn more of the micro and macro of different economical factors that I'd be stepping into. And really was understanding small, medium, and large businesses and seeing how they'd structure their operations, their staffing, their accounting, their all of these things. And so as you're progressing through your business program, you take finance and accounting and statistics and all of this that 
kind of accommodates that conversation. So as you step out the door, you kind of know, well, these jobs are available and this is where I might fall in. And this seems interesting. And at that time, social media was becoming a big thing. Websites were really starting to take off. E-commerce was a big, big conversation that was showing up. And I thought the marketing thing would be a pretty entertaining five or 10 year road path. So that's what I started with. Mm. And uh, that really scaled pretty quickly, to be honest. Uh, and it was very purpose-driven. You know, at 25, obviously you want to make money and have a successful successful life, but you also realize that you're responsible for the success of your clients and their employees and what that means to that local economy of scale, potentially, yeah. for their business, their staff, their future staff, hopefully. 100%. And they don't have to go fire 10, 20, 50, or hundreds of them. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So at, a, at, a, at a young age, you're aware of that because you're like, wow, when I do a Facebook post or a website, this or that change, it affects this line of business. It costs this, their stream of revenue, da, 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 da. Yeah. You got yeah. I love you really had some vision there. It sounds like at a, at a young Darryl, age. When, when I went out and shopped that there was no one offering that whole kind of ecosystem. It was kind of laughed at, honestly, like my parents, like my business professors, my entrepreneur professor thought he's like, you're crazy. He's like, how are you going to make money off social media? Yeah. I was like free price point packages, dumb yeah. And I was like, let me let me go shop this thing and watch what comes back. And I did. Yeah. In the first month, three months, I was like, wow, I'm literally making more than the teacher was telling. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I know what he makes. I'm making more than that guy. And so I was like, okay, how do I structure this? How do I scale it? How do I get into the businesses and offices I want to work with? And I just kind of took the fear of approach and started shopping, so to speak, and approaching and showing my portfolio. And saying, this is what I can do. You know, this is early, but, you know, this is what other companies and industries have benefited from. And this is where these things might be going. So that was kind of the roadmap and projections. And it's still tracking 11 years later. I love and that. And during that roadmap, I got to look into a lot of other things. So I love it's, that. It's been fun. I, I want to point something out because you said something that I think that would be really valuable for a lot of people here. Uh, mm -hmm. This isn't the path everyone has to take, but what I loved you talked about is you first make a website about, you know, the business, the benefits of working with them. Mm -hmm. And you talked about, you get them a presence on SEO. So there was sort of like, if somebody- You're Googled ranking them, them through Google. Yeah. Right. Ranking them through Google. One, it's free traffic. Two, you know, you're putting out content on that. But really, I think the, the big thing, especially in the beginning is you're not going to get enough traffic to grow your business per se off of SEO. Not to make, or, not to yeah. make a livable wage. Right. But- what you do get is you have a presence so people know that you are real and you exist. And then you said yep. you would use social to actually go where the people are. Go, go fishing. Go fishing. And, and I think from here, the other thing is to dial in the offer, mm -hmm. right? You didn't mm -hmm. say that, but you said once the system is down, once you have an offer that converts, that people seem to like, that you are yep. able to put out there that doesn't yep. get people to go poo-poo on you, you yep. know, whether it's a free trial, a diagnostic, something that's just not as a freemium to the premium. And right. yeah. And it's like, do you want to offer the hamburger 
and the french fries and the shake or do you just want to sell the hamburger right and i was like well i want the website one that's a big dinger that's an ongoing contract the seo is an ongoing contract social media is ongoing advertising ongoing i've got them for six months a year two years hopefully maybe even longer a couple years yeah let's let's show the results and that's where the analytics shows up right i love that it was a pretty easy conversion conversation you dial in the offer for your clients and mm-hmm. you'd set up the system. And once they had that system, then you would recommend paid ads, which is now throwing yeah. gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And I love once that. Once you see the that the return is coming in, then you start to enhance these variable angles. Maybe it's your Instagram. Maybe it's your YouTube. Maybe it's this podcast with Daryl. Right. You know, whatever that thing that hits and gets kind of that viral traffic that starts to climb your scalability. Yeah. That's where you start to ride those different channels and you right. pump some gas into that tank and you yeah. see which ones keep taking you down the freeway. Yeah, I love that. So I just wanted to expand on that. Now, can you talk about how do you fish on social media for somebody here? <laughs> well, is there, this is the is best. Someone... This is the best part. So social media, thank goodness it's still free and not a hundred dollars a month per channel. <laughs> but imagine you go to that search bar in Facebook, in Instagram, in Twitter, or LinkedIn. Who does Daryl want to work with? Who does Mr. Listener want to work with? Are you an insurance agent? Are you a real estate agent? Are you a dentist? Are you a florist shop? Are you a marketing professional? Are you a podcaster? Okay, now we start hunting. I've given you the hunting license. Now let's go find the fields of dreams and the fields of deer and fish to go hunt after, so to speak. So how do we search these people? Who's Daryl's podcast listener? Well, it's business owners. It's people that are successful. It's people that have staff. Where's an example? An insurance agency, a dental office, a real estate brokerage. A real estate brokerage might have 20, 50, 100, maybe 500 real estate agents in that one brokerage. If Daryl makes a great offer to that real estate broker and he says, Hey, Mr. Real Estate Broker, or hey, Mrs. Real Estate Brokerage, I have a podcast of extreme value in education, marketing, accountants, lawyers, podcasters. Oh, this little finance guy just showed up. I have extreme value. I know that you have an office of 20, 50, 100, however many real estate agents in there. I bet all of them could benefit what I'm sharing for free. And oh, by the way, here's the subscription page. And oh, we do have a paid course mm-hmm. and we sell this. And oh, here's a t-shirt and you need a ball cap. And right. It's the upsale, right? Here's the mm-hmm. burger. Here's the French fries. Here's the shake. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So this is also we go into the seven step. I call this the seven step fast cash plan. First, find a hot market, which I love. You gave such a good practical example. Just search in social media. And this is two, across any of those channels, by any the way. Of those. Right. Any of them. Any or of YouTube them. too. TikTok. TikTok, blogs, First, anything. <laughs> find a hot market. And I love that that's yep. where you started. You didn't say like sit in a room and cackle and dream about what kind of blueberry pie you want to bake. Find a hot market. Find a You don't need to spend hours. This is five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. This yep. is instead of watching that 30 minute of the office episode rerun again. This is you doing this instead of watching that two hour 
video on Netflix over the weekend, maybe you spend two hours researching your next best customer base because they might create that extra hundred thousand in revenue and you can travel, put your kid in college, maybe buy that cool BMW you've been dreaming of. Little things like this come to fruition a lot quicker. Yeah, I love that. Find a hot market, find a create or product to sell, create a promotion describing it and its benefits, right? Run a test. Or a few, <laughs> right? What you said. So that's you find a list of a hundred people. Go fishing. Run, These run are a test. free. These are free fishing lines. It's just Facebook, start messaging some TikTok, people. blogs, YouTube. Hey, would you or anyone you know be interested in result? Hey, are, would you or anyone you know be struggling with problem? And what Could I your love- real estate office benefit from these flowers? Yeah. Could your real estate office benefit from these social media campaigns? Yeah. Could your real estate office benefit from my dental services? Because I know you got a hundred guys in here and they represent million dollar homes. You want some really good teeth showing up in your real estate office. I mean, I can create offers all day long. Yeah, I love but it. But it's like taking the business owner to be creative. Yeah. And most of the time, business owners are busy and they're running their businesses right. and they don't have time to be creative, Daryl. It's a tough, right. a tough one. Right. I love so that though. By alleviating some time in your schedule, maybe by finding an intern, finding an employee, or just scheduling 20, 30 minutes where you're not distracted with the dog or the kids or the husband or the 20 employees or whatever you got going on. Yeah. Just be present and say, what would be two things that would benefit me today or this week or even this month? What could, what would benefit me in the next quarter even? I love this. I could do one thing a month. It would really maybe save me a hundred dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a month, ten million dollars a month. Yeah, spend yeah. the time and look. <laughs> I love that. I love that because you spoke about giving results in advance. You didn't say just pitch them your thing. Pre-planning, right? It's like you're making a cake. You have to go to the store and buy all these, you know, different baking sodas and vanilla extract and flowers and blah if you mix the wrong things you're not getting the cake it's gonna taste like crap right i love that you're literally gonna have to throw it out this is the same process right and i love that you do it wrong you're gonna be like it's not gonna taste so good that one that client's not gonna work they're not gonna pay my bill that one's gonna xyz down the road yeah and we just talked before this call about a company that i had been an early adopter in i you know i supported them when they were just getting started paying them a monthly example and it triggered me because Recently, they just sent me and every all their customers, I guess, an email two days before they ran their next month's billing saying they were doubling the monthly rate. And I didn't get it because it was one email and then they billed me double the rate. And then when I emailed them, because I was already looking at other tools anyhow, and I've been with this company for a year, maybe two years. And I said, no, I'm not really interested in paying double the rate. We're just going to migrate. Thanks. They said, sorry, we don't do refunds. <laughs> and I'm like, that's surprise. Right. And this is where, again, you know, the whole point of business is to find a prospect, turn that prospect into a customer, and then to make that customer your friend. Yep. Guess what Daryl's going to do now? He just told me and this podcast, guess what that does for the branding and marketing of that other company? Right. Don't go to them. You know what I'm Don't saying? Go like to them. Yeah. And so it's just, and meanwhile, doing the opposite, you know, the customer that's is a, not always that's right. That's a live Google review. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not mentioning their name though. I don't want to give them any. Attention. No, I know. But, but, but that's idea... an example of how that shows up. Yeah. And I don't think the customer is always right, but I think there is real value in trying to over deliver and wow people. 
But when you're doubling the price, you should be delivering double the value, value potentially yeah. and yeah. explaining why yeah. <laughs> more <Yeah>. so. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Or but scheduling that... a call with the customer so they know what they're getting for double and they get to experience that value before they get charged with the card. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> actually, there's actually a term for it called rent seeking and rent seeking is where someone seeks to increase their wealth without increasing the value or wealth mm. provided to others. Mm. rent seeking. It's a parasitic practice. There's no seek to benefit. This is where taxation, and we're not going to go into politics, but rent seeking is just- the, the That's a big thing point. here in certain states and countries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's a big thing. So this has just been a, that's a great tip. So I talked about running a test, testing mm -hmm. that offer again. Michael mm -hmm. had mentioned, you know, starting with something that's free up front and high it's your perceived time. value, right? You really want like the sample tables at the grocery stores work. They do that because samples enable test drives and sampling. If you can't, mm -hmm. because of whatever reasons, try to create something, a report, something that at least alludes to and can paint a vivid picture of what life would be like for the person that's valuable in itself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we said run a test mm -hmm. and then if results are good, keep going. If results yep. are still good, throw paid ads on it. Yeah. It means you've got a couple streams of revenue that are working and then try and enhance that, but yeah. to try not to deviate from the ones that are working, keep enhancing those because yeah. that's obviously working. But if you can find additional, try and keep hunting. I love that. I love that. Because and if you know, one, two, three, five dry up, you might want to have a few backups in case. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what were some of the challenges that in your career, like do you, everything, was it what were some of the big ones that I know, I know, I know, but what were I'm some of the basically. greatest challenges that you've um, had to face? Being my age and offering a professional service of the degree I have been marketing mm. or finance, you have to show up with such extreme regard yep. and respect and level of execution that it's just not, it's not even questionable. If you say one wrong thing, they judge you, they perceive you, they don't buy you, they don't hire you, they don't work with you ongoing, they don't refer you. It's amazing how these little things show up. So for me, I was very analytical in watching my parents who were insurance agents and real estate agents. And I got to watch them as a young age, going to church, going to the grocery store, going skiing, and having these interactions, watching my parents ask new people, cold questions, and seeing the reactions and the responses from these people, like while we're in the store, while we're at church, while we were riding the chairlift. And I was like, wow, my dad asked that question. And she said this, and he said that. And wow, that's amazing. <laughs> my mom said this in church, and they said this, and they said, that. wow, this is really interesting. So I ran little tests like that. It's very scientific. And I got a lot of feedback. <laughs> It's very scientific. And I'm Love here that. offering basically right. my feedback because I asked some interesting questions for a lot of years. So Yeah. Yeah. What does it say? <laughs> There's no such thing as stupid questions, just stupid people who ask questions. But <laughs> I, you can also monetize it too. So. Yeah. I mean, even geniuses ask questions. The point of that I'll is be honest, Daryl. I embarrassed myself on a daily basis. Most of my phone calls are embarrassment phone calls because I'm qualifying and asking questions into mm -hmm. markets and places that I may never step 
But then I go, oh, (laughs) that's what I needed. Okay, now I'm going to call over here because they're in Illinois and that was Florida and I'm never going to meet them. So who cares? 100%, 100%. I got ridiculed. I was in a mastermind group once and one of the, the, (laughs) it wasn't even a meritocracy in the sense, but it was just one of the highest paying other members used Mm -hmm. to try to like clown me because I asked questions like, oh, here's Daryl with another question. Anyways, fast forward two years, I helped do $3.2 million in six or eight months. And he this guy is like running, you know, his bills are paid, bills are paid, but he's not doing millions. I guarantee that. So it's, you know, even geniuses ask questions. So, but people like, feel that because you ask a certain question, they feel that you're trying to get ahead and their ego might show up. Right. Right. You're right. Right. Something you may notice in the workplace. <laughs> so aside from asking questions, this mm-hmm. great little, you know, seven step method that we went through you know, find a hot market. I'm going to say it again for those people that didn't write it down. Repetition yeah. is mother learning. Find a hot market, find or create a product or service, create a promotion describing it and its benefits, run a test. If results are good, analyze results. If results are good, test it some more. If results are still good, throw paid advertising on it. I mean, that's a fantastic seven-step process. It's really, it's consistency because that's when you start seeing results. These things do not show up if you throw one fishing line in once a day or, you know, once a week. This is where you throw in one an hour, one a day. You know, you start enhancing this. You're like, wow, there was no bites back on those emails or phone calls. What do I need to do differently tomorrow so they call me back? Yeah, Because I just wasted an entire day. And if I pay myself... hmm, 20, 50, 100, 500, a thousand dollars an hour. That just cost me. Yep. Yep. How do yeah, I fill 100%. the bucket tomorrow? Yep. And we learn through iterations. Oh. A lot of people they struggle to, oh, I got to get this done. But once it's done, you actually have to sit and look at it's almost like a sculpture. Like you you, you finish the work and then you have to sit down and almost like a Sudoku puzzle. You got to look at it for a minute and see what jumps <laughs> out at you. Look at the data. How do we make this better? We learn through iterations. It's not 10,000 yeah. hours. It's 10,000 yeah. iterations. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what habits? Do you have any other habits that you feel helped you on your path? Yeah, it was, you know, really not listening to distractions. It was going to events, putting myself in places that I thought would be of benefit, maybe not that day or week. I might not get a paycheck in that you know, networking event or that online, this or that, but it might be the week later, month later, or year later that it shows up. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you can represent yourself and show that you don't need this or that, maybe in that moment that you're just there being present, you're trying to offer resources and be of value. You're not trying to be the desperation act in the room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that actually comes back in a tenfold because you don't show up desperate. And if you just show up as a person of value, people see that and people Mm -hmm. kind of swarm around that. Mm -hmm. And if you notice you go into a room of a hundred people, who do you naturally want to go talk to Mm -hmm. or who naturally you're like, wow, that's, he's dressed a certain way or she's, that's kind of intimidating. Maybe they make more money than me. Maybe they're better, you know, these little things that might show up in your mind, if they scare you and intimidate you, guess what? Go meet them. They're mm. your next best client. That's mm. what I did from day freaking yep. one. Yep. Yeah, me too. I was like, that person intimidates me. I'm going to go meet her. That yeah. guy really intimidates I'm going to go see what he does. I love that. Amazing. Love that. And they respect, that- they respect you for it. They do. Even but- if they're mid-conversation, you say, hey, don't mean to interrupt. 
I'm, I just, I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to get to network with you at some point. Come and grab me in two minutes if you got time. I'd yep. love to grab you before you step out the door. Sorry right. to interrupt. Nice meeting you. My name yeah. is Michael, by the way. Well, and part of that you, preface- you've, closed, that you said... you've literally closed the deal because of respect at that point. You're not exactly. acting like a salesman. You're just showing up and being a nice guy. Well, Most it, people it... don't have the gumption to go do that. It's true. 80% won't even take that movement. Right, right. Guaranteed. And the other thing Public I want to point out is that you're talking about giving one of the value. biggest fears. Pardon? Sorry, sorry. Sorry. I was saying most people, though, out of 100, 80% plus will not go offer or meet or no. introduce themselves because they're intimidation. Right. And right. it's a confidence thing. And if they felt their purpose, their confidence in Daryl's podcast and their value of service and what this guy did 3.2 and this other guy did 800 you know whatever doesn't matter but like extrapolate that that's the value lead that's the proposition yeah yeah it's not yeah. you're saying that in the moment of you interrupting the two people but you're just like being the nice guy that shows up and says hey i'd love to connect with you and come grab me when you're done yeah so, i think something like that. that you take for granted that you know i was taking down some notes here, but you, you really focus, you say, be the nice guy, but something you've kind of alluded to a couple of times over is about giving value. So not only is it that you had the confidence and ambition to go out there and, and you know, introduce mm -hmm. yourself and mm -hmm. build relationships, but mm -hmm. you really add an emphasis on not just <clears throat> taking or asking or trying to get Never. first. And that's something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. It's the opposite. What most people approach. Most right. people are so like, I need to make money. I need to get my flower shop, more flowers sold. I need to get more dentistry kids to buy braces, be the florist in that conversation to interrupt person of value. I have this amazing floor shop. I know you're a person of value. Imagine your customers might benefit from my beautiful roses around Valentine's day. Wasn't yeah. it just a big global hall? You know, I know that there's like a St. Patrick's day, there's summer's coming, thinking out all these, you're not trying to sell in the moment, but like, yeah, yeah. just be people, present in the moment. People need to think about this differently because I want to give an example. I had a friend, I went to my hometown after I, you know, my first client make a couple of million and he was a local contractor and he was like, Daryl, what's the highest ROI marketing that I could spend? And my, my girlfriend of six, maybe seven years now, she has an agency too. Hmm. And when, when she was getting started, she had asked me the same question. And I told the both of them the same thing. What have you spent to love on your existing client? I said, where does 80% of your business come from? Do you know when is he married? Do you know what his anniversary is? Are you getting him a Christmas gift? My girlfriend sent a client that she had for a year, $150 gift for Christmas, mm -hmm. big thank you, mm -hmm. short summary of what they accomplished for her for the year. Yeah. This is not a low ticket monthly agency fee client for her. And that client in January paid for a full year upfront. There you go. That is some of the highest ROI marketing dollars you can spend. Mm-hmm. And it just comes again, like you said, so casually, but like you said, you know, what is, there's you, a quote. You notice like, a lot of realtors doing that because they typically have a big closing and they have the money yeah. to go do that. Yeah. Those are great examples of that. Now imagine the marketing guy, the podcast guy, the photographer, the florist, the whatever. You're enhancing the brand. You're enhancing yeah. the product line, the service value. I showed up at this guy's podcast and I gave him a box of chocolates and a bottle of whiskey and Daryl loved it. And he told everybody about it and blah, 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 yep. blah, 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 blah. Yep. 
he, yeah. he tagged me on a Facebook post and an extra 30 people saw it. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It went all over the Philippines and, you know, yeah. you have yeah. more customers. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. People, again, businesses pro solve problems. Problems are markets. So one of the things that I you also mentioned was who do you want to work with? So mm -hmm. first you have to figure out the problem that you can solve. And if you think of the problem as like a lake in the forest, and if there's a mm -hmm. lake, there's going to be a bunch of birds around it. And some birds will eat ants and bugs. Some birds will eat nuts and berries. Some birds will eat other birds. Some birds will eat fish. And that's the same thing. Like, again, with your problem is the lake and around it is an ecosystem. And then who are the people that have that problem that you want to work with? If I was a career counselor, I could probably go and help homeless people. But do the, can they afford my services? Maybe I need to take, you know, make that like something we do as part of our corporate social responsibility efforts to give it back. But I need to charge, like, again, if you look at Elon Musk, he made his first electric card and sold it to the super rich because they could pay for it. And they paid for the development where now he has a model version that he can sell to the everyday person. Yep. So, and one of the things that you mentioned about real estate. So I wrote a book and never, I never launched it, published it. Tribal marketing, how to double your business in 12 months or less. And in it, I talked about four tribes. And I want to bring this up because you mentioned realtors and you said realtors are really good at it. Realtors are one of the original, like nurture based marketers where they nurtured because they would take a subdivision and they would mm -hmm. nurture that community. They would host barbecues. They would go door to door yeah. and shake hands. Yeah. And they were, I called them farmers. They would farm a community because they knew when people wanted to buy or sell or move their home, they would come to them because they knew them, like them, trust them. So there were farmers. Then you have trappers. That's like a vending machine. You put the mm -hmm. vending machine that sells whatever, right beside somewhere people at like the condom vending machine at the nightclub by the door on the way out, you know, like that's like, you now know, going to get some action, right? Like you found a game trail, this is 50, a path yeah, walk, right? Coffee vending machine in front outside the subway where people are on their way to work. Right. So that's a trapper. You built a little black box that operates. It's like a money trap, a payphone, mm -hmm. and it runs. Then you have the hunters. That's a lot of the freelance people that go and hunt down the contract. And then you have the gatherers, which typically are like the employees. They know that there's a money tree there. And if I show up every day, I can pick a few berries. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a really good, you know, you want to have all of these essentially working for you. So yeah, yeah, you if not delegate, <laughs> right. Yeah. Whether you do it or somebody else does it, it must get done. <laughs> yeah. So not, it'll, what do you, it'll burn you. How did you get into what you're doing now? Let's talk about some of the finance stuff. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been kind of a lifetime passion. I've always had an extreme interest in the American dollar for some odd reason and what it can do for people and everybody around it. And I, I love to know how things come together as far as contract partner payment of goods and services and where this dollar can then end up globally. And it's interesting to see where the flows come from and end and start and stop and it's like an, an enhanced game of monopoly but it's like a monopoly board that never ends and that bank is just never ending of piles of paper and so for me like i do a lot of energy work a lot of meditation work i manifest i set in huge kind of goals, expectations, things to show up, so to speak. And I have plans and strategies behind them. And some of them show up as pieces. Some of them show up as the entire blueprint. 
And I have a book over here that I'm staring at and there's, it's the Noggin Idea Journal. And there's a lot of ideas in there that are, you know, multi-million, billion dollar ideas, but they have a timing and a place. When do they benefit the market? When would the customer base sign up with that and use it in the market? And uh, what would it then lead to next? And so with this finance conversation earlier with my marketing, you got to see every transaction through websites and analytics, and you got to see every dollar that walked through retail through Google Maps, but you also got to see it through Google Analytics online, whether it was an impression or they actually clicked and went through and converted and then actually bought something. So that was an interesting roadmap. But then when the business owner flops out the accounting book and says, here's all of our financials, here's our revenues, here's our profits, here's our losses, here's everything we got going on. What do you think is the next best six months, five years? What do you think? Where do we cut costs? Where do we make more? Well, here's this, here's that. Let's try this. Let's track that. Let's bump this. Let's do this. And then I went, the marketing conversation is really interesting. The finance conversations got depth. So I started to do speaking engagements with Constant Contact. I started to go into different emerging markets, different banks, insurance companies, community colleges. And I was doing like basically community engagement, doing paid and public speaking in events where I was able to speak on behalf of the institution I was there for representing, but then I was able to close the last 10% of the conversation with here's how it all works with your marketing and here's how you track it. And if you're interested, call me. And so the partners allowed me to do so because I was able to educate and then show the conversion aspect and actually offer and execute on it. And so people saw, again, that portfolio and like, yeah, man, we'd love to have you. And oh, by the way, we'll pay you this and we'll get you in front of this. And next month we'll do this and we'll set up this and we'll bring in this. And if you actually do this, then we'll bring in that. It just kept scaling. So for me, it was actually finding staff, interns, and then finding you know big enough or large enough databases to then go throw the fishing line in because I didn't want to come up dry. So I was like, how do I keep reeling and getting some gold out of this? So then I basically went into banks and real estate and insurance, pulled out those databases and was like, okay, there's some sweet spots in here. This finance conversation has a lot of breadth to it. Then through my energy work, a blueprint showed up one night, <laughs> November 20th, 2016 at 3.33 in the morning. The entire blueprint for a six-year project that is now live and I'm able to share and discuss about it and offer a free referral program, it's pretty amazing because, again, that book has lots of blueprints, lots of ideas, timelines involved, costs involved. And this one, I was like, boy, <laughs> if I can pull this one off, this one really gets me into these things that I want to do and qualifies these next partners, these next industries, these next, I don't even have to ask. I've literally made them <laughs> anything they want. So I thought this would be really cool. So I basically moved to Los Angeles. I started asking really interesting questions. I started to talk to intellectual property lawyers and I found out what I could lock down legally, what I could not, and how then I could present this and not have it taken from me where some rich 
programmer, banker, whoever, past my knowledge set at that time, could potentially steal from me over a weekend and call five guys with a million bucks and go build it in a month and it's or two months or six months. I didn't know. That's why I was down there shopping it. I was filling up the bag with all my clothes and accessories because I was about ready to walk into a cold winter of like, I have no idea how cold or hot it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be negative 30 or negative 50 or about freezing. So I was like, right. what clothing do I need to go entertain this? You know, And basically it was calling attorneys, accountants, international compliance regulation departments and finding out how I can structure this, this conversation. And so now you How guys can, can provide financing around the world. Is that accurate? Is that? Yeah. And so now we can step into 180 countries and offer basically a million, $10 million financing commercial products up to 5 billion per project or larger if the customer has credit worthy experience. So. And what, what does somebody need to present? Like, I mean, obviously lots of people would like some financing first. What are some maybe best uses you would recommend where, you know, debt will serve you versus burden you? And then the second question would be the process for how do you show up presentable to ask for something like that? Yeah. So as far as the debt question, it's like if you go and apply for a car, a house, you know, say your car is $100,000. Do you have $20,000 to put down? If you do, you're going to get better interest rates and better terms to pay off the car. Same thing if you come to me and you ask for $100 million in any of our 180 countries. If you have $20 million to put down, you're going to get better interest rates and better terms. So that means you've been in business for a while. You've been doing some pretty extensive you know, operations. You have staff, you have locations, you've got a product and service that people know about, and you want to extend that line offer additional lines, extend locations. Like, I mean, you want to bring down your costs. You want to order out six months of supply chain goods because you might fear that there's another boat thing that's going to hit the Suez canal or whatever the thing is. Like all these little things show up and having that extra liquid cash on hand versus you financing these conversations could be whether you stay in business or not in the next five years. Right. So how do people show up? It's pretty easy. It's the same as if you go into a bank. We need one to three years of financials. If you're doing the commercial line, we need a business plan. Do you have a business and financing plan? How much is the strength of the team weigh in on things? The management team? Like with the lending partners I work with? Yeah. So for example, I mean, they, let's they say somebody wants the, to do they make a roll-up. decisions. Let's say somebody wants to do a roll-up. Let's say somebody wants to walk into an industry, acquire five, six, seven businesses and roll them up into an entity, sharing resources between them, mm-hmm. but it's not pre-existing. What was, what was the ask? How would I go about it or what was... Well, how would you show up for that? Because then that entity Oh, it'd be like, it'd be a business financial. acquisition. And right. so we would acquire the... If they're separate entities and they're operating or you're taking five new ones and putting it into a, an umbrella? Well, not new ones. We would just, we, the idea would be to- or the existing you know, revenue generating. Right. You know, I'm actually- So you'd I'm be at, doing business acquisitions and then right. you'd be compiling it under a new entity, I would assume. Right, right. hundred percent. So then it would be the financials for the businesses being acquired. Correct? Yes. We Estimates can act as that intermediary if needed. Got it. Okay. And then the a solid business plan. or the seller. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Got it. So like business brokerages, criminal referral partners. Right, 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 right. They're looking at all of these financials, you know, every minute. So one to three years of financials. Some sort of business. Um, And then uh, door number two is you need a business and financing plan. And then door number three is do you have a business evaluation or pro forma? And Mm. basically, if we write the check, how are you going to utilize the funds? When does the lender get paid back? Right. Yeah, that's the big thing there. The money's available, Mm. but they need to have a clear, realistic plan of you'd be surprised how many people don't show up with very basic information well i've seen those different there's canadian and u.s shows where venture capitalists entertain people and some people are like i have this idea and i have no sales all this stuff but it's a hundred million dollar idea so give me a million dollars and i'll give you ten percent and they got no sales so yeah fair enough we can work with companies that are pre-revenue but they have to have substantial documentation and investors and if they have a pool of cash how they utilize that pool of cash have they acquired things have they just been sitting on it like little things like that make investors or the financers on the commercial side you know make these things move and fund a lot quicker with someone without a good credit rate and i'm just asking for the audience with someone without a good credit rating looking for startup capital what would they need to show up stronger so depending on their credit rating and how much actual debt they have or you know, collateral they could put up or liquid cash they have on hand, that alters the conversation quite a bit. So the reason I'm saying this is because my network is not one bank that has 20 branches. I'm 1500 banks Mm. that has potentially 100,000 plus branches. Mm. So, you know, when, when you talk to me, I'm not talking about $50 billion. We're talking about $50 trillion in, Mm. in my network. So Elon Musk, he can show up to me every day with mm-hmm. Tesla and say, I need $20 billion today. We'll finance it every mm-hmm. single day mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we have the bank and the partners and the backing to do so. Mm-hmm. A lot of banks, they're going to be tightening in the next six months and five yep. years. Yep. They're not going to be able to offer their own happy customers funding. Yep. Yep. Right, Me right now, I'm looking at five bank buildings right out my own window and they wouldn't even talk to me as I'm building this thing. Right, 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 right. Well, that's fractional. There, it sounds like you're dealing with people with money, and the banks have been doing fractional. <laughs> was it fractional reserve banking for a long time? Yeah. So they, yeah, they, I mean, they have to. They can't lend out everything that walks to the door. A hundred applicants, they maybe do eighty. This is yeah. national, global statistics. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they did it eighty twenty, they'd be out of business tomorrow. <laughs> so, if somebody has Bye-bye. some questions for you, or somebody yeah. thinks they have an idea. How do they reach out? Our website and form. That's where you can schedule an appointment with me. You can submit any applications. We'll look at any deal from anywheres of any size, startup or not, billion dollars or not. We'll look mm. at it. And that's nogginfinance.com. It's nogginfinance.com. And, and there's O-G-G. a form on our contact. Yep. Yep. And you can submit, you know, questions, ideas, whatever. We do have resources. So we're not just like, hey, send us a project and we'll finance it. We mm. do have accountants and podcasters and you know, legal and law representatives, currency converters. We're literally a LinkedIn for our own referral partners and customers. That's fantastic. So the web you and are- by the way, we're free. <laughs> right, right. Hey, that's- What a deal. <laughs> so go check out Noggin Finance, Finance. N-O-G-G-I-N Finance, F-I-N-A-N-C-E, nogginfinance.com. If you have something that you think, you know, just needs a little bit of gas thrown onto it, go check them out. Not going to guarantee that you be approved, but like we just said, it's free. Nothing, Michael's, you know, nothing gained, nothing lost. If you nothing ventured. 
So mm -hmm. if this appeals to you. Is there anything else, Michael, that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, I, you did an amazing job, Daryl, and thank you for having me. And if anybody has questions, that would be a great way to touch base with me and see what is, you know, what we can create hopefully for you. And you know and what's actually not, we can provide resources so. and something that's a little like just a little food for thought for people listening to this that got value out of the call. One of the most important things with financing is to have build a relationship with someone that can provide you financing before you need it. Dig the well before you're thirsty. That is a huge thing. A lot of people are in such survival mode. We talked about the seven step fast cash plan. Go do that. And then when you have some cash in the bank. Begin talking to people like this because sometimes, like right now, what we were talking about before, one of the most valuable things that I can do in my business is actually hiring. It's not my own to-do list. It's hiring other people. Mm -hmm. And especially that if I be. hire people for positions that I, I can attribute a direct ROI to, mm -hmm. there might be in my, it might be in my best interest to already have a line of credit to draw against to hire these people and get them going. So again, it's really worth opening up that conversation. Go check out Noggin Finance, N-O-G-G-I-N-F-I-N-A-N-C-E, nogginfinance.com. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. You gave some great value, some great tips. I think that, yeah. So did you may do. want to listen to this a couple it. of times. It's great that you're hosting something like this and you're able to share and educate people. So well, good for you, sir. For, awesome. Maybe we'll have you back in the near future. <laughs> maybe so. That'd be awesome. I'd appreciate it. All right. Later, man. Have a great one.